This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. There are many places in the Qur'an where Allah describes the entrance into heaven, the entrance into paradise for those who protected themselves from making Allah unhappy, the muttaqeen. And I start by asking Allah that He includes all of us among those people as we meet Him. Um, but in, in, in lots of different places describe different aspects of the wonders of Jannah. And of course, he starts when some, in a common place here in Surah Al-Hijr, as he also does uh, somewhat similar in Surah Al-A'raf. He says, the people of taqwa, uh, the people who protected themselves, and the people who were cautious, and the people who were, who were aware of Allah's presence and how they carried out their lives, these people are going to find themselves surrounded, fi jannatin wa uyun, in gardens and waterfalls. So this beautiful scene that, you know, of course, uh, people go to gardens and waterfalls to relax, to calm. Right? Uh, you don't go there for work. You go there to get away from your stresses. Right? So if somebody's having you know, heart problems or somebody's having depression or whatever, they're told to go take a walk in a garden or go to a beach or something like that because the sight of water is very calming for human beings. So the idea of Jannat and Uyun is not just physically the gardens and the water, but the effect that it has on, our, on ourselves. Our surroundings definitely have an effect on ourselves. So, إِنَّ الْمُتَّقِينَ فِي جَنَّاتٍ وَعُيُونَ أُدْخُلُوهَا And that, that's how you make sense of the next ayah also. أُدْخُلُوهَا بِسَلَامٍ آمِنِينَ Enter peacefully, enter, enter safely. And salam also means safety. And aminin in, in a state of peace. So safety and peace and security, what do these things mean? There, there are two dimensions of it. Some say the external is salam and the internal is the amn. In other words, you're, you're no longer in any danger from the outside. There's nothing dangerous about the outside. And even internally, there's nothing bothering you. You're internally at peace also. You know, sometimes there's no physical danger around you. There's nothing actually bothering you, you know, in terms of the weather or, you know, you're in a dangerous neighborhood or something. You're in the comfort of your home. Everything around you is peaceful, but you're not at peace inside. So you may have salam, but you may not have amn, for example. So Allah says in Jannah, it's not just that we're surrounded by beauty, and that beauty isn't artificial, it's actually truly safe. You know, like when I used to live in uh, New York City, um, at least, uh, things have gotten safer now. I don't know anymore because I haven't been there back in a while. But you know, Central Park is really beautiful but also really dangerous. You're surrounded in a garden but you don't know what's going to happen around the bush. So there's a certain hour you just don't go there. right? So the idea of our surroundings truly being safe and then on top of that us actually feeling safe and secure within, not just from dangers, but from emotions that can wreak havoc inside of ourselves. So, udkhuluha bisalamin aminin. And then Allah highlights what is kind of, you know, it's rarely highlighted in this way. It's only a couple of places, but I, I've chosen to highlight the, the, the passage from Surah Al-Hijr with you. Allah says, وَنَزَعْنَا مَا فِي صُدُورِهِم مِّنْ غِلٍ إِخْوَانًا عَلَى صُورٍ مُتَقَابِلِينَ And this is the heart of my khutbah today, this ayah in particular. What's happening in Jannah in this ayah? Allah says that we ourselves remove what, whatever they had going on in their chests that has to do with ghil. The Arabic word used is ghil. And that's going to take some time for me to explain. For now, I'll just say ill feelings or bad feelings. Allah says He'll pull out bad feelings from our chests. And then we'll be sitting across from each other, ikhwanan, brothers, sitting across from each other, ala sururim mutaqabilin, on couches, beds, cushions, facing one another. 
actually facing one another. So let's take a step back and first understand the word ghil a little bit, and then we'll appreciate what's going on inside of this ayah. The word ghil actually has several, you know, what happens in the Arabic language is there, there, are, there are words that are, you know, like ill feeling or hate or animosity, these kinds of words, they're abstract, but they're associated with images. And if you can visualize those images, it'll help you better understand the abstract idea. So let me give you these images that are associated with the root letters, غين, لام, and لام, 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 and لام. الغلائل, البطائن تحت الدروع. You know, when, you, when somebody wears armor, the armor is made of metal. And you know, back in the day especially, the armor is made of metal. You can't just put that on your skin, it'll scorch your skin. So you have to have a layer of cushioned clothes, and it can't just be regular clothes, because the metal is too heavy, it'll start scraping your skin even through the cloth. So you have to have this cushioned, foamy cloth, that you first wear, and you completely surround yourself from it, and then you put the armor on. And that first layer was called ghalail. Its purpose was first, to completely secure you, and then, to be reinforced with armor on, on top of that. In other words, you can't do without it. You, it's absolute necessity and it's something that completely envelops you and the purpose of it is to protect you. Masamiru duru' They also use the word ghala'il for or ghalal for. As you know, back in the day, the, the soldier had armor to protect himself. And then they used to have, they can't leave the neck exposed because the, the, the guy fighting him could strike, strike the sword on the neck. So they could have a helmet, they could have armor, but there's still some gap here. So they used to put a collar here, a metal collar that is going to make sure that the neck doesn't get struck. But that collar could move, and that could also cause cuts. So they had to keep it secure in one place, so they would put nails into the, into the neck collar, that it, it secures it to the, or the rest of the armor. Those nails that make sure it doesn't move from its place, again, to protect your life, those nails that go deep inside, and they're not just gonna come loose in the middle of battle, because nobody's gonna be fighting a battle to the death, and like, oh man, this came loose, I gotta tighten this again. That's not gonna happen. It's got to stay where it is. They were, they were called actually al-ghalal also. Those nails were called al-ghalal. It's also used, so, so, so far the, the implication of this word is something that is there to protect you and something that is very secure. And you can't do without it. And it surrounds you, right? These are the implications of the word. Then it, it, it's used for when a tree starts going bad, like a tree is not getting the nourishment that it needs, and it starts going sour, and some, some liquid starts seeping out of the tree. And it starts going, you know, and it's, it's, it squeezes out of it. That's actually called galgal also. You know, that, that, that bad food. So it has to do with something sour, or something that's gone bad, that's no longer good. They say, When, you know, I don't know if you guys do this anymore, but I know that we do this in Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, etc. They put a lot of oil in the hair. Right? The mother sits you down and just kind of gives you an oil massage. When the oil goes deep inside the head, and it's not coming out, no matter how much shampoo you use, that's actually ghalladduhan. The, the oil has gone deep in, and it won't come out now. It's penetrated inside of the head. And finally, ghalil, and now I'll get to the point, the word, the word ghalil actually means extreme thirst. Shiddatul atsh wal harar. Extreme heat, extreme thirst. Now you can appreciate that all of those meanings are actually connected to each other. Somebody who's wearing armor, it's not comfortable to wear. And it's, of course, back in the day, if they wore armor, they're gonna go fight in the desert, it's going to be extremely hot. And it's going to become something very, very uncomfortable for them. And then they're going to start seeping sweat like the tree seeps, right? It's an uncomfortable state, but they're doing so to protect themselves. From it, you get the word ghil that is used in the Qur'an that Allah says in heaven, when we go to heaven, Allah make us, may Allah make us from those people, Allah will remove ghil from our hearts. Al-ghil, al-dhighn, wal-haqd, wal-shahna, like it's, it's when you have a grudge against somebody, 
when you have an animosity towards somebody, when you hate somebody, sometimes there are feelings, you know, believers, Allah says, فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ بِنِعْمَتِهِ إِخْوَانًا You all became brothers by Allah's blessing. You all, we all became brothers. Islam brought us together and we have a common love among each other. But let's not be idealistic. And even our deen is not idealistic, it's realistic. Sometimes conflicts happen between Muslims. Sometimes conflicts happen between family members, between siblings, between spouses. Divorces happen. Sometimes conflicts happen between Sahaba, companions of the Prophet ﷺ, in argument against each other and develop resentment towards another. It happened. You know, there are incidents in, even in the Sahaba's time, we think, you know, they were all just one united people and there was no ill feelings ever among them. There are incidents where, you know, even the Muhajirun who, uh, and the Ansar who fought side by side, they would go into battle and they'd fight like brothers side by side and on the way back, they're standing at a well trying to drink water and one accidentally pushes into the other and they start beating each other up. And it happened. It happened. These kinds of things happened. But even if we're not talking about the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'in, the idea that ill feelings or these kinds of feelings that get deeply penetrated inside us, uh, that, that can take root, that, that, that's a natural thing. It does occur. Like for example, I, I want you to appreciate you know, uh, Yusuf salam's brothers who caused so much pain to the family for so many years. And finally when the family is reunited, they apologize for everything that they did. They apologize. Now, you know, istighfar to Allah is different from asking another human being to forgive. When Allah forgives, and if you, Allah accepts your tawbah, all your past is removed. Everything is gone. But if you've been hurting me for 10 years, and then you came and said sorry, and even if I cried and I forgave you, does that mean I forgot those 10 years? No. Is the memory sometimes come back and hurt me again? Sure. Is it gonna re- recur? And you say, no, I thought you forgave me. No, it doesn't work that way. Because human beings are not capable of forgiving other human beings in the same way that Allah can forgive. The forgiveness of human beings is something else, and the forgiveness of Allah is something else. And sometimes human beings aren't even able to forgive. As a matter of fact, their father, Ya'qub, you know, Ya'qub told them, سَوْفَ أَسْتَغْفِرُ لَكُمْ رَبِّي I can't even ask Allah to pray. I'm not even going to pray for you right now. I will though. But not right now. Right now I'm still in a very bad mood. So in other words, he couldn't get himself to make immediate istighfar for them. For, for his, his own sons. You find the case of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, lil'alameen. A mercy, a lo- you know, lo- loving mercy for all of humanity, all people. His own uncle, when, when he was killed in battle, and Hind did what heinous crime she did, she chewed off of his corpse. Later on, Hind became Muslim. She took, she accepted Islam. Allah has forgiven all of her sins, but the Prophet sallallahu couldn't face her. He couldn't see her. Because what she's done is left too much of a scar. There's a ghil there, there's a, there's a feeling there that you can't just get rid of. So this happens. And the, first, the reason I wanted to bring this to your attention is sometimes these feelings are like that nail that got drilled into the armor. Or you feel like you have to hold on to that grudge or that feeling or that protectiveness. You want to keep a distance from a person like that because you feel that if you let your guard down, that you'll get attacked again. That you'll be hurt again. So it becomes sort of a self-defense mechanism for you. And even though, you know, when we don't understand these things, we come to people that are, that have suffered years of abuse, or that have been wronged in the most terrible of ways, and we just tell them, just forgive, just forgive, it's okay. Well, you don't know what the depth of the problem is. And, you know, we can encourage each other to forgive, but actually only Allah knows who is capable and who is not capable. And as a matter of fact, for believers, 
You know, this, this, uh, this, another variation of this same dua, actually this expression is identical in Surah Al-A'raf. When this was revealed, you know, later on among the Sahaba, there were conflicts. And Ali radiallahu anhu used to make dua, Ya Allah, make me and those who have had a disagreement with, make us a part of this dua, that, you know, that this, this ghil is removed from us. So this is a very real thing that you're not able to get rid of that, on, you know, in this world. That doesn't mean that the person you have ill feelings towards, or the, the, the person who's hurt you, or that grudge, or that pain that they caused you, that you're not able to forget, that every time you see them, you're reminded of it, and it triggers those memories, all of that stuff. All, all, all of that baggage that you're carrying inside of you, that it makes you a bad person. It doesn't mean that your heart isn't good. Or if you truly were a believer, that you should just forgive. Allah Azza wa Jal gave us room to have these feelings. He even gave the prophets room to have those feelings. And Allah even told us that those feelings can become very painful. They can become a heavy armor that you're always wearing around you. Because when someone's wearing armor, they're not comfortable. These are not comfortable feelings that a human being lives with. And they, and it's, it's very difficult to let them go. And they can make you, they can start rotting away at you too. And Allah says it is on judgment day. We will pull away from them whatever they had going on in their chest of any kind of ghil. This is the worst case scenario. Ghil is other things too, by the way. Ghil, you know, the discomfort of ghil. Uh, uh, and by the way, ghul comes from the same word, which means to cheat. To cheat somebody or to take more than your share. And those two things are related because sometimes you feel these feelings towards someone because you feel they did what they shouldn't have done. They took more than their share. Or they cheated you in some way, or they deceived you in some way, or you know, they wronged you in some way. And so those two words are related to each other. Now, this, this idea that Allah pulls it away is pretty powerful. Allah didn't just say, when they go on judgment day, they're not gonna have any bad feelings. He literally said, naza'na. We will pull it out. We will yank it out, pull, pull it out. The, the word naza' in Arabic is used for something that was cling, clinging onto something like, you know how sometimes, there's meat that's clinging onto a bone and it won't come off. And it's really hard to peel it off. Or sometimes there's fungus that grows on a tree and it doesn't come off easily. That's actually nazar, the idea of pulling that off, that it doesn't easily come out. Or the extraction, the slow extraction of honey is also called nazar. The idea is this is something that's inside, it's deep inside and only Allah can remove it. Like you, you might not even be capable of removing it. Allah Himself intervenes in the ayah and says, "Nazagna ma fi qulubihim min ghil." There are other ways of expressing this. Ma fi qulubihim min ghil yawma idhin. There's not going to be any ghil on that day. Nope, He didn't say it that way. The same way, I, you have to appreciate that even though you may be in a position to forgive someone, and you may have forgiven, you may have forgiven, then don't beat yourself up if you've forgiven but not forgotten, because forgiving and forgetting. There are two different things. Now the other dimension of ghil. The other dimension of ghil is that in our relationships, even though, you know, not, not the worst, the grudges and you've, you know, you've parted ways with some people or whatever, you know, maybe there are people, there's a couple who got divorced and they, you know, Allah says, لَا تَنْسَوْا fadla baynakum. Don't forget to do good between each other, even if you part ways. But sometimes it's not that, it's very ugly. Right? And even years later, somebody mentions the other's name and they're like, Ta! you know, <laughs> like they get upset. I can't believe you mentioned their name or whatever. And of course, if you see them anywhere, like if you see someone you've had a disagreement with, even at a grocery store, at a restaurant, you all of a sudden don't feel like eating. I can't even see their face. It reminds me of all the bad stuff that happened. It gives you anxiety and panic attacks. What happens in the ayah? He says, we will remove this ghil 
and then they will be brethren, they will be like brothers, and they'll be sitting face to face with each other. Which is impossible. When you have those kinds of feelings, you can't be chilling and relaxed and feel like brethren when you're in front of someone who's got all this baggage, all this history with you, right? But now let's talk about people that we have good relationships with. Not people that we've have had fights with or parted ways with or that, has, that have hurt us or we've hurt them or maybe we hurt them but they weren't able to forgive or we hurt them and they overreact. It could be any number of things, right? But other than that, you have relationships of all kinds. You know, there are parents here who have a relationship with their kids. Spouses have relationships with each other. Siblings have relationships with each other. And those relationships are not perfect. There are things that your brother or sister does that's extremely annoying to you. You can't stand it. There are things that your spouse does that you find really agitating. And you just have to learn to live with it. And every time she does it, you're like, <sighs> what? Nothing. Nothing. And it's there. You just have to live with it. This is also a kind of ghil. An agitation. Some, some, you know, something annoying that you are just learning to live with. And Allah is telling us that in, for example, with the spouse, the description of the spouse in, in Jannah is azwajum mutahara. Purified spouses. And purification there, it doesn't just mean in a spiritual sense, it actually means that all of our relationships in Jannah are going to have removed all the things we found agitating. Like some of you are agitated by the smallest of things. Like, you know, you're just, you, I can't stand how my sister sounds. Man, every time she opens her mouth, I just want to punch the wall or something. You have these issues. Those feelings will go away. You won't have those agitations anymore. You won't have ill feelings carried inside you anymore. And so Allah mentioned first gardens and waterfalls in heaven, and that's great. And we're, we're at peace. But Allah also teaches us that our peace and our calm and our state of, you know, of being happy also has to do with the people that we surround ourselves with. And so I come to the next part, the last part of this khutbah. And that's the profound dua in the Qur'an, وَلَا تَجْعَلْ فِي قُلُوبِنَا غِلًّا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Do not place in our hearts ghil, which I just explained, for those who've believed. Do not allow ghil to come, do not place ghil in our hearts for those who've believed. This is an important dua for us to remember that yes, the, the, some ghil might already be there. And we didn't make dua about that. But we asked, تَجْعَلْ فِي قُلُوبِنَا as in فِي mustaqbal also. Going forward, Ya Allah, don't allow any further grudges. There's whatever I have, I wish I didn't have, but don't allow any further grudges or these grudges to escalate in my heart. This is a dua we make even for this life because it's a difficult thing for a believer to carry. This is the month of Ramadan. And this is the month that we should try to think about what is it that's eating away at us? You know, and, and what is it that's, uh, you know, which relationships there are in which maybe we acknowledge we did something wrong. We crossed a line. We wronged somebody else. And we need to go and ask for forgiveness. But even when you do ask for forgiveness, no one thing. You know, they say in therapy, uh, you can only control your side of the street. Even if you go and apologize to someone for what you did wrong, that doesn't mean that everything's fine. Don't expect from them that they're totally okay with you now. You don't go apologize to them with an expectation. The only reason you should apologize to someone is for yourself. You have to acknowledge you did something wrong and you have to admit that you crossed this line and here's, here you are, you're sorry. I'm sorry I did this. I own it. But whether you forgive or not, whether you decide to dismiss, because you know, it's really hard for us to humble ourselves and say, I'm sorry, it's difficult to do. And when you finally go and do it, and they say, you think I care? And they just throw it in your face? They're like, man, I'm not sorry at all, actually, I take it back. 
<laughs> no. Their ghil is theirs. Whether Allah removes it for them or not is not up to you. Your words do not change anything. We don't change hearts. Our apologies don't change hearts. Our behavior doesn't change hearts. You making up for something you did wrong is you doing it for yourself. Because you did something wrong for your conscience. But that does not mean that somebody else's heart will change. You know what happens with us? I said sorry, I even got you ice cream. I don't know why you're still mad. Uh, well no, that doesn't work. it doesn't work like that. You could get ice cream, you can get a truck of ice cream. It won't make a difference. Until that, they, that person deals with their ghil and Allah removes it for them, then you can't have expectations. And the moment you start having expectations, it actually means you're not genuinely sorry anyway. In so many relationships, you say sorry, or somebody else says sorry to you. And you're still in a bad mood, and then an hour later, like, you know what? No, no, I'm not sorry at all. And they go back to their old ways, you know? And then you realize that was just Ramadan fever. You know, Ramadan is approaching, so what do people do? Hey, it's the month of Ramadan, we have to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I just wanted to say, if I've ever hurt you. They know they've hurt you, but they say, if I've ever hurt you. If that's, like they know, the, they know the entire list of what they said and did. But if by some 0.001% chance, I ever said something that hurts your feelings, uh, may Allah forgive me. And may you forgive me. And then you don't write back. You just say, Walaikum salam. Well, you don't write back. Oh no, it's okay, I forgive you. You, you can't get yourself to do it. You're like, I'm not gonna lie and say, ah, yeah, there's no problem. Or if, if you do respond, you say, well, I forgive you, but that doesn't mean that I forgot what happened. I'm sorry, it's not easy for me to let go of what happened. If you say something like that, and then in response they say, oh yeah, well, I haven't forgotten what you did either, and then they start. <laughs> right? <laughs> and the, this, because sometimes this ghil on both sides, don't artificially try to remove it. Don't say things you don't mean. Why do you say what you don't mean? Don't say things expecting from people. Say things expecting from Allah Azza wa That's it. A good way for you to apologize is, look, whether you forgive me or not, whether you, did, whether, whether you decide that we can be back to normal again or not, that's not the point. I wanted to admit that I've done something wrong. I wanted to admit that I crossed a line that I should not have crossed, and I'm truly sorry for it. And I don't expect a response. I, I don't expect anything in return. This is actually your, this is you trying to remove the ghil from your own heart. This is you removing the ghil from your own heart. This, so we, when we make dua to Allah, وَلَا تَجْعَلْ فِي قُلُوبِنَا غِلًّا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Do not place in our hearts ghil towards those who we, who, who've believed. Then you have to decide what is it that you're able to overcome? What is it that you're able to, to, to forgive? What is it that you're able to ask forgiveness for genuinely? Genuinely, not artificially. Just saying sorry to someone isn't genuine. And if you're able to do that from your heart, then it means something. Then you've actually truly made that dua to Allah too. So may Allah Azza wa Jal make us genuine in our relationships. And may Allah Azza wa Jal remove, if, if our ghil isn't removed in this dunya, may Allah Azza wa Jal certainly remove all of it in the akhirah from all of us. Because that is where, that, that, that is essentially what truly matters. And last thing I share with you from Surah Al-A'raf on the same subject, is that people make it into Jannah all the way. And the people that used to have a grudge with each other, didn't talk to each other, parted ways from each other, standing next to each other. And they both together in that same ayah say, Alhamdulillah, الَّذِي هَدَانَا لِهَذَا وَمَا كُنَّا لِنَهْتَدِيَا لَوْلَا أَنْ هَدَانَ اللَّهِ Alhamdulillah, the one who guided us all the way this, all the way to this. We could not have guided ourselves had it not been for Allah's guidance. They took their path, you took your path. Doesn't mean your path is to Jannah and theirs is to Jahannam. Just because you don't get along with someone doesn't mean they're going to hell. Or they're not guided, or they're not good. 
that that's okay. There are sometimes people that don't get along and they're all on their own journey. And may Allah Azza wa grant all of us Jannah, may Allah Azza wa grant all of us forgiveness. Even if you have uh, and you know bad feelings towards someone, you should never wish that they are answerable to Allah on Judgment Day. That's too much. That's whatever they did to you in dunya is too much for you to ask that Allah hold them to account in the akhirah. Just you know, you should just trust Allah's justice and let that go. And that's again part of you letting go of the ghil that you have. This is a great month for Allah to expand our chest. Is a great month for Allah to give us calm and ease in our hearts, you know. And so I pray that Allah Azza wa Jal does that for us, that our recitation and our engagement with the Qur'an, our reflection on the Qur'an, our worship of Allah, it softens our hearts not just towards Him, but to those around us as well. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikri al-Hakim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladhina astafa khususan ala afdalihim. وخاتم النبيين محمد الأمين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن نقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا مقوتا